0: Hello all and welcome to Accidental Careers, the podcast where we talk to people about their jobs. Was the path there winding? Were they jobs they even knew existed? Let's find out. On today's episode of Accidental Careers, we talk to a remarkable man, Chris Skelly, MBE. Listen to this story. Chris, good morning and thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. How's things?
1: I thank you very much for having me. Very, very grateful for coming on,
0: Lindsay. Thank you.
1: Yeah, very good.
0: No problem. And where are you in the world at the moment?
1: Uh, So currently just on my rest day. um, I'm uh, just uh, chilling with my wife, who's organising the uh, uh, British Open uh, for wheelchair tennis. So I'm just chilling while she does all the hard work.
0: Fantastic. Yeah. Well-earned rest.
1: Exactly. Well-earned rest. Well-earned rest
0: fantastic well listen I'm really really excited to get into this conversation because I know that your accidental career has been phenomenal but I want to take you back to when you were a boy Chris to get into this conversation I believe you had aspirations of being a mechanic is that right
1: yeah so I've always loved cars I always played with them when I was a kid I had all my little Mm. car sets um you know I used to pretend I could drive and everything like that (laughs) (laughs) as a kid would um and, you know, I'll be honest, I wasn't the brightest at school. Um,
0: okay.
1: I suffered very badly in my dyslexia and my hearing. Um, and I also did struggle with my sight, but we just, you know, assumed it was just like, you know, glasses and everything like that. Yeah. So, you know, I got through school, wasn't, you know, I I wasn't very academic, so I was very hands-on. So
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, in my GCSEs, I, I did more the kind of um, uh, hands-on sort of uh GCC, so i did mechanics which you could do
0: okay uh, wow. at
1: school mm-hmm. um which went one day a week went out to college and i also did uh uh i think it's called i the time i used to it's called dt but it's now um home economics it's uh, cooking basically I did all yeah. the basics you know like mm-hmm. i wanted i love cooking and i love card. um i've become quite a big guy so i love eating as yeah. well so <laughs> um, strong. Strong. Yeah, strong yeah yeah uh I like to call it robust, I like to say. Yeah. Um, what
0: a great choice of words. Yeah.
1: Brilliant. Yeah. Robust. <laughs> I'm uh, gonna own that
0: for myself now. Thank <laughs> you.
1: I love helping people. Um <laughs> so yeah. I just uh, went went through school. you know, I was predicted um low grades like E's, Fs, you know, okay. not even get predicted any part of the sort of GCSEs. And then mm. um I got uh I was diagnosed with dyslexia quite late in school and then I basically got chucked out of French. Because I I was not very good at French. And okay. I had to go to what we call dyslexia school. And then I was able to kind of um, learn how to cope with dyslexia. And then in the end, I got uh, 12 Cs, one B and a D. Which from predictions of E's and F's and G's, right. I kind of, yeah. you know, that was a massive success in itself. And then after school, I kind of went straight into college. Um, all my mates went off to White College, uh, which was like the college next door to my school. I was, me and my other best mate, Liam, we were the only two to go off to Hall College, um, okay. where he studied IT and I did mechanics. And then I loved it. I absolutely yeah. loved it. But there was like an underlying issue with my eyes like, even when I was going into college. But we kind of just assumed that my glasses weren't getting, you know, I needed some stronger lenses and everything like that. But then realised that I didn't, that wasn't happening, that, you know, there was a the stronger lens I could have. And then it got to the stage where I really did start struggling with light. Okay. Um, which meant I had to wear sunglasses twenty four seven I had to wear my hat a because I had a cap hat so when I go out in daylight when i 'm not in this kind of environment, I have to mm-hmm. wear a sun hat I could check okay. my eyes at the top um yeah. but there was no kind of like explanation what was happening to me and then at the same time, I just kind of got this uh this job in the in like a local garage mm-hmm. um Called, I think it was Parkinson's Motors, it was called. And it was just, um, it was a fantastic little garage. And I loved it and I worked really hard. I was first one in, last one out. You know, oh, I did yeah, everything, good. did all the cups of tea, did all the cleaning, clean all the bogs, you know, the, the proper apprenticeship sort of yeah. role, if that makes sense. You know, worked yeah. hard, uh, was just a dog's body, did everything. I loved doing what I did. But the problem was, I was really struggling with my eyesight and I had to start using magnifying glass. And even when I was working on people's cars, <laughs> I had to start working. <laughs> With
0: a magnifying... Yeah,
1: because I, I wanted to start keep working. And, my, and the guy who owned the garage loved me. And like yeah. I, I worked really hard. And and then someone from Hull College came in and saw me. And he was like, listen, that's not safe. You can't be working here. And the guy even said, well, can he just be like cleaning? Can he just be like... Can the, he just you stay? Know, yeah. Can he just stay? Because he's a real good guy. And then suddenly just the guy was like, no, he's just a risk to himself. So... That kind of killed me because I worked so hard to get that. Yeah. And then it what just got kind of chopped down in my kind of when I just got just got it. But, you know, I, if I look back at it now, I don't think anyone would be comfortable with me working on their cars using a magnet. That's with a um,
0: magnifying glass, I mean, glass but I can, it's actually yeah. actually quite s- serious, you know. For yeah, for, for a young yeah. boy, what were you then, Chris? What seventeen or
1: Um, It was a big kind of moment in my life where yeah. I just started to drive as well. And the guy who I did driving lessons with, just wasn't confident in what I was doing, and like he could say, he asked me to read something uh, which was quite far away, and lo- used my kind of indiv- and I couldn't see it. I just generally couldn't even see the car. And the guy was just like, "Right, that's not. We can't have that." Um, No. And he just said, "I'm sorry, but I can't have you driving." And it can again ruin me then because it was like,
0: devastated. Else,
1: and you know, alongside doing all this, I was very active lad as well. I did rugby alongside the mechanics. I did judo, and you know, even then, I just had to stop playing rugby because I had to start wearing these all the time. And you can't do that I you... can't play running rugby running like, into was... other
0: robust men you can't do that yeah. no <laughs> no you can't run really into other robust men
1: um, but the one kind of constant thing that I did have with the rugby was the judo okay. and I started judo and rugby when I was five and I said I did it through school and when all my mates uh, were you know on their Xboxes or Playstation sorry and PCs, that was all you know playing, playing on a, playing the rugby on a rugby pitch it freezing cold or on the judo mat with my judo mates like I had a really kind of childhood where I was kind of everywhere, really, in all different yeah. types of friendship groups. But Judah was the one constant thing, even when I was going through this real tough time of losing everything around me. And, like, I was going to hospitals and people were listening to me. They were like, no, you know, you know, people laughing in my face saying, no, you've not got this and everything like that. And as a young man, when you're trying to figure out what's happening to you and you know it's yeah. happening to you, you can see it, and they question you, you question yourself a lot. Like, mm. you question who you are. Yeah. you you know you think am I faking this am I making this up you know I even got sent to a psychiatric ward for the day and I had to sit wow talking to people because they thought I was making it up all in my head um which you know it's tough because you're like am I making it? and that's when you really question yourself that's where you go God, have i have I made this up in my head am I kind yeah. of is it, is, bad, it, is, it, yeah. is it as bad as am I saying and I'm like and you know, you even, you even like, go left and right, like, you, you test yourself, you test your eyes like I yeah. can't see it. And I knew I couldn't see it, but even because the doctors couldn't explain it, they kind of, um, they just kind of, uh, they just kind of, you know, let's say you have to live with it, which Rush, you don't know what it yeah. is. And, like, but then, you know, as a young man, you're like, well, what can I do? Because I don't know what I can do. I don't know what it is. Is it going to get worse? Is it life-threatening? Like, no one's yeah. told me anything. But then...
0: Quite scary, then
1: very scary very I, I always the way I describe it when I tell people it was like a dark I almost went in like like a dark place in my life i yeah. really really like I remember crying on mum's arms we have this amazing fair uh, and I come to Hull every year called Hull Fair and I went with my friends mm-hmm. and I just was so like the, the flashing lights I was bumping into people there was everyone I'm like
0: I, wow
1: because it was my best mate it was just like I kind of put a brave face on it, but inside I was breaking, because I couldn't see anything. It was so scary. Yeah. And I just Um. came home and I broke down in mum's arms on the kitchen floor Mm. and I just cried because I was like, I don't know what's happening. And it was just really, really tough time. And then my dad at the time was, still works with him actually, works with this uh, Egyptian, I think he's politician, oil tycoon.
0: Oh, wow. I don't know what,
1: it's kind of everything really. (laughs) Very, very lovely man. And his wife was very, um, very kind of uh, very ill with with a rare form of it's MS multiple, multiple yeah, sclerosis. sclerosis yeah and then um, she went to Harvard University Medical School in America and my dad was like my dad uh, obviously we, he he him and mum uh, separated but he was still in my life and like slow you know coming in and out like we used to do stuff together and yeah. then you know, he was seeing this with me as well. Like he see my struggle and he was talking to his, um, to his boss. And, and he, you know, he didn't even know me. Like he didn't never met me. I never met him since. Like I've never, I don't even still, like, I've not met him once.
0: Wow. And he was
1: like, right, we need to get him to America. And my dad was like, what do we need to get him to America? Mm-hmm. I was like, we're going to take him to Harvard university where my wife goes. Okay. But dad was like, well, I can't afford that. I was like, don't care. Just let's get him there now. Cause he, you know, dad explained the situation. Mm-hmm. And then I got a phone call, and then I think it was on a Thursday, the Sunday. By the Sunday, I was flying out to America. Like, I just got whisked away by my dad. Wow, what an opportunity. Um, yeah. And it was, it was an amazing opportunity. And um,
0: yeah.
1: we, it, was, it, was, it was a World Path health organisation. It's a private kind of health company mm. in America. Because um, America has private health insurance, all these private yes. health companies. And I kind of got, uh, the guy took me to, to the one that he took his wife to. And they were absolutely amazing. And that's the first time I broke down in doctor's arms because the doctor just went, and he was this lovely man, and he he just looked at me and he didn't take me for someone who's making up. He just went, mm. "There's obviously something wrong with you, and I've got Finally. you." And then that was the first time mm. where oh. I just broke down his arms because, like, to have that to tell someone,
0: yeah,
1: because it's it's one in ones where you go you're fighting you're constantly fighting the only person to believe is your mum and you know to have that person put his arm around you and go no we've got you was really was really lovely and it was the most i did break down his arms and we had this lovely meal together and he just got to know me and he got to know me on on my sort of level and Mm -hmm. and and he and he just said we've got you and then we had about i was only there for a week but i was in and out i had I had about 50 vials of blood taken. I had so many things shoved in my eye. Um, Mm. You know, I was seeing geneticists, I was seeing all that. And then, basically, the condition was like a really rare version of occultaneous albinism. Um, Okay. So, basis of occultaneous albinism, you have one of one gene. Uh, So, you have this OCA2 gene and TYR gene you basically have two genes of that to make ochronosis albinism but the problem was i had one of each and ah, it's, okay. it still makes ochronosis albinism mhm but at the time in 2013 it was never been seen before and it's very rare so the doctor had to put it onto a genetic database uh around the world and kind of explain it what it was but it's still what it, it is what it is like it's not been like actually seen before and um, at the time, it was very, 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 very rare. And but, but now, how, how
0: lovely that he kind of took hold of that though, and wasn't really going to let up until um, until he found it. You know what our English doctors couldn't do. What a shame, you know. Because without him, who knows what might have happened?
1: I had so much resentment <coughs> to one the NHS. If I'm honest with you, um,
0: yeah, I can see why.
1: I had, I, I was, I felt let down by him, but. Mm-hmm. I think the best way of myself and my wife Louise, who um, got married to last year, she yeah she helped me see it. Like she said just at the time that it wasn't there, and it took me a very long time to kind of get over that because I did feel very much let down by them. I felt like they they didn't have my back, which she thought NHS would because NHS mm. is a fantastic service, and I will never ever um, slag it off. But at the time, I feel like they did let me down. Just However, felt a
0: little bit, yeah.
1: I bet. They do they do offer amazing service and and you know, I was very lucky to be whisked off to America and the guy just mm. paid it straight out. And I will always be grateful to this guy who just paid out all the medical bills. Like it came to I think it's like hundred and fifty thousand dollars, which I was like, How the hell are we gonna pay that? Yeah,
0: And wow. The guy just
1: paid it. The guy paid it and just said, At least we've got some information now. And then
0: what, what a man, I've got goosebumps.
1: <laughs> yeah, I know. And it is is that sort of goosebump moment.
0: Yeah, and then absolutely
1: You know, I came back to Britain, I showed the doctors, even then there were still questions um, and didn't really understand it and they were just like, okay, go and live with it, you know, go see the low vision clinic, go and get a, go and live with a cane Um, and yeah, we'll we'll just go and live with it. Yeah, that was it. I was like, and I kind of felt like I went through all that just for you to do that. (laughs) Literally.
0: What we you like
1: And but the thing is they all found out, they also found out i had like photophobia and bell's reflex so the bell's reflex is where the eye goes to the back of the head so when i sleep okay. i don't dream basically i've never dreamt oh, but it explains wow. what it was now yeah. um so yeah so i kind of came back as well and i was just bit like all oh, right like oh, <laughs> deflated like, what, what oh, now yeah like, i felt like i came back like i've won something but then i realized they weren't that bothered and they just said go and live with it and i was like "Ah." Wow. Oh. so then i had to learn to live with a visual impairment um which is very hard as well. But when this is all going on, the judo was that one constant thing in my life that just kept pulling Always me out. Always did it. Yeah, because I had fluctuations. When I look back at it now, it was, I, I will openly admit, I was like very, very depressed and I went through stages of it. Like, Yeah,
0: absolutely, and yeah.
1: At the time, I didn't want to admit it and at the time I wasn't, you know, I was, I was trying to put a brave face on. Talking
0: about it, yeah.
1: And I just talked about it to my mum, but, I, you know, I had some uh, extra counselling now I got counselling mm-hmm. just in last year, which I think I should have had it sooner, but at the time, I just didn't want it. Mm. Um, I just wanted to live my life. And yeah, you know, I went through a really big bouts of depression. Um, but the one constant thing that pulled me out of them moments was the judo, judo, because I was able to just to go on this mat for two hours and forget about it. Just do um,
0: something that you were good at, just yeah. Absolutely. Just do something Just love yeah. doing.
1: My mates didn't care. Like, judo is so easy to adapt for someone with a visual impairment. You just stick your hands on them and you fight. And that's all you do. You know, you I stick your hands on them, get a grip of them, and you fight. Yeah, and that's what it's, I love.
0: It interests me because I mean, and, and forgive my ignorance. I just would like to ask: Can you see? Is it just shadows, Chris, or can you can you so see? It,
1: it's a real. So basically, it's a blur. It's basically I okay. describe it to people: it's like imagine a massive light mm. shining in your eyes constantly, and that's what my eyes have at the moment. I'm constantly oh, being okay. like shine light, and that's why I have to wear sunglasses to kind of take the edge off a little bit. But okay. my eyes just, I have this massive blur with light shining at the back of it. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, that's what I kind of say
1: it's very difficult and my eyes get very tired um but it is what it is and I and I, and I and I and I and I live with it you know and I've learned to live with it and at the time back into an, like like 2011 2012 going into 2013 like I was living mm-hmm. with it and I had to learn to live with it but I say judo is like one constant thing I started to still kind of compete um
0: and, and you were competing with sighted people at that time. I'm right yeah. In thinking, and right I, now, yeah, so, so I was competing so, yeah. with sighted
1: people, and I was competing mm-hmm. with a blindfold on. So I was, it was like looked like Fifty <laughs> Shades of Grey. Um, <laughs> I was, I would just go to people like that and they always laugh, but it was like Fifty <laughs> Shades of Grey. I was just going on the map blindfold on. and I didn't care. I just wanted to fight. I love fighting, um, and I was beating people who were sighted, and then people yeah. there was a bit of a stir going, "Who is this guy? Why is he wearing a blindfold? And he's beating mm. people." And why is he wearing sunglasses and that? What's he doing? You know, like, why? Is it... <laughs> and then at one of this one specific event, I can't remember what the event was, but the guy, the coach at the time was there mm-hmm. and he just saw me and he was just like, What are you doing? Like, why are you wearing that? And I explained to him what it was, I explained the condition. Yeah. And he was just like, Okay, all right. You know, have you ever heard of this team? Have you ever heard of that team? I was like, Not really. I just love fighting. And, um, yeah, I just I kind of got onto the team at the time, mm-hmm. but the problem was it was where 2012 was, so it wasn't really kind of I couldn't do anything because David I was kicking off with 2012. But I was able yeah. to go to 2012 as what we call the Paralympic Inspiration Program, okay. um, which basically means I could go there and live like a young as a young athlete, will go into the village for a few days, live with the athletes, experience wow. what it like, and um, get lots of like little workshops, you know, everything like that. It was it fantastic? Absolutely amazing! What a great moment.
0: opportunity! Yeah, exactly,
1: brilliant. and. After that moment, I, at the time, my coach, uh, my current Paralympic coach, came with me as a kind of development coach to this sort of Games. Um, mm-hmm. And he, he took me and my other best mate, Jack, who I'm also on the team with. And we kind of went together. And afterwards, um, we were going back up. Because we lived not far from each other where I used to live. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we were like, I want to go to Rio. I want to be a Paralympian. And, and my coach now, he's just like, yeah. Yeah, you can do that. Why you know not? You've got this. Yeah, Why not? You, you know, you've got the, yeah. You've been able to come through what you've just come through. You can definitely do that. And yeah, and then that journey happened, and that journey started. And um, then that's, that's phenomenal.
0: So you've kind of phenomenal. lost. Yeah. yeah, you've lost all the what you what you thought were your aspirations and dreams yeah. of being a mechanic and driving cars, yeah. and 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 now something else has just uh, presented itself as an opportunity.
1: Yeah, and it was so you some, you
0: grabbed that with both hands.
1: Yeah, I grabbed it with mm. both hands and ran with it. The National Training Centre at the time was in mm-hmm. Dartford. Okay. But it, it was it was transitioning up to Warsaw. So for a few months I kept going down to Dartford, getting getting meeting everyone, meeting the lads. Yeah. Um I had a great, great relationship with most of the lads. Like we they took me under their wing. Mm. Um I was youngest on the team, <laughs> you know. Wow. Again, going back to being an apprentice, you know, that dog's body, you know, yeah. I got I got picked on a lot, you know, I got um
0: <laughs> starting at the bottom again. Yeah, start
1: at the bottom again. I thought, I start at the bottom again. And I thought, <laughs> yeah, you do because this is your, next, your new career. So yeah, I started uh, at the bottom and just worked my way back up. And then um, 2013 came along. I started to go to more competitions. I got classified in 2013, uh, okay. which which the, the I was really weird because I was like, yeah, these, these guys won't believe what it is. But if a classified so one look went, yeah, you got it. And I was like, wow, that was that was I thought it was going hard. Like just like because yeah. I had all this information gave in to the to the british team and they yeah. all the doctors read it and they you know and they just gave it to the ibs of classifiers and yeah i was classified and i was like oh right and then easier I than start, you thought yeah, for once yeah, i was for once. yeah i was hyperventilating and yeah. i was going <laughs> what if they don't believe what i've got and then they questioned it and that and i just yeah they was like no you've got it you've been classified off i go so i did yeah. and then i started to go to my competitions um, I started to go more around the world, like to Brazil, to Japan, to
0: wow. um,
1: Mongolia. I was living an amazing life. Like, I, you know, I moved away from home in 2013, which was a big thing for me. Because, again,
0: yeah,
1: I'm a mummy's boy. Um, and she and my mum did everything for me. The washing, oh. the cooking, you know. Um,
0: looked after you properly. Yeah, you know, looked after yeah. me. Yeah, I was a
1: mummy's boy, you know. Um, and I had to move away from my friends, my best mates, you know, my family. And I moved down mm. to this place. In Warsaw, when the National Training Centre was in 2013, and still is now, and yeah. so part of the furniture, really. Um, but yeah, uh, it was it was the most unreal moment because I'm now living by myself with a bunch of other lads, and I had to learn at the time. I was still learning to live with this visual impairment. Yeah. And I was like, how do I live with that? You know, so very new,
0: still, yeah.
1: But I still was living with other visually impaired people, and it was almost like a little brotherhood you had.
0: Oh. And
1: you know, and they helped me live with it, and they were like they could just tell when I was tired, when my eyes got tired, and we were like, go for this yeah. you know, why are you, why are you still look like, and then, like, we just looked after each other, and that's what you did, you know, you just looked after each other, and, and it was the norm, you know, and for mm. the first time, I felt like I wasn't alone, you know, I wasn't alone. Other people they'd were they'd going through it, a similar yeah, thing, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And like, and nice. Like, you weren't, you weren't kind of by yourself in this dark kind of, gloomy sort of life. I was being pulled out of this darkness now by this sport, this wonderful sport, which I love doing. And I say I I got to travel the world and then 2014, you know, new onto the circuit, still learning the ropes. I wasn't a natural athlete. and never have been. You know, know, I'm a robust young man. I've not got a six pack. You know, I'm (laughs) not, you know, naturally muscular, but I have a, you know, I'm very conditioned. I've got a very good conditioning level. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like I'm doing, you know, uh, some you know really good stuff from my conditioners. I feel really fit, but I'm just not like I yeah. don't look the part. you're not an athlete, um, so you know I've still got. I'll be honest with you. Like, I'm not like you see like a uh, I don't know um, uh, Matt Whitlock and everything like that, and they've all got mm. six packs and everything like that. That's not me. I never will be. You know I love my food. Uh, I love eating, and I'm not ever yeah. gonna and I'm not going to apologize for that. But I am very fit, and I will. And I'm very strong. You know, and I will yeah. admit that like I'm very strong and I'm very fit. But I'm not gonna you know look very aesthetic if that makes sense so 2014 it's a different yeah, thing isn't it it's a different, it's a different thing, thing, thing. Altogether. i always think it's yeah. unipy you need that a little bit of robustness mm. but um yeah 2014 happened 2015 happened uh and 2014 wasn't the best year because I was, I was still very new to the circuit and it was a big mm. shock to me 2015 happened imagine. yeah i know because you go you're it to the next step up onto world level and 2015 happened and it was the first qualification event a second qualification event i didn't do that very well and i was yeah. like oh you know like but yeah. I got a really big telling off from my coach, like, you need to take that step up, you know, because he's now the new Paralympic coach. And, Do it now, yeah. And he was like, you need to take that step up. We, you said to me in that car on the way back from London that like, you want to be a Paralympian. You have to take that step up. Yeah. And then one evening, he took me to a wonderful judo club in Grimsby, uh, which is his mm-hmm. club, and my mate's best mate, Jack, who we kind of came up through the team together. Together. And yeah. then it was the last, I remember this, it was the last Randori of the evening. And Jack didn't have a partner, so I went on with him. And we're very competitive. I hate him We don't like being thrown by each other. So, I, you know, he tried to throw me and I stuck my leg out. I went to the split and my, and my leg went rigid. But then he kept turning me and I couldn't tap him because he's also deaf. And he couldn't hear me. And I was like, I was trying to shout to him, but I couldn't. Oh, no. And then my hip popped out. And I instantly felt this awful pain in my hip. And oh. the, the hip, it usually hip comes out the back, but came out the front. And I was just laid oh. on this mat and I was going, and I just screamed. I literally screamed. And <laughs> I remember the coach was like, I always laugh about it now. At the time, I was very upset. I was not funny kid. at the time, no? Yeah, I don't know the other, <laughs> now it's quite funny. But he was just like, why are you screaming? You know, it's not that bad. you just hurt yourself. And I literally, I was like, no, 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 it's bad. Yeah. It's come out. It's come out. It's come out. And he's like, stop, stop it. You're screaming now and you're embarrassing me. <laughs>
0: because it a yes, club. Talk. And I
1: was like, get up. I was like, I can't, I can't. He's like, all right, I'll call an ambulance. He called an ambulance. The ambulance didn't turn up for three hours. <gasps> <laughs> so I was laying this on this mat. They sent this um, first responder. In agony. Okay. In agony. Who couldn't give me morphine. Who couldn't give me paracetamol. Uh, and it just was taking obs. And this woman must have took about 100 obs. And on the 100th <laughs> one, and I was like, if you stick anything in me again, I will stick that so far up your... <laughs> and I was so rude to this woman because I was so annoyed that they weren't here. And it was literally I maybe from, I don't know, uh, from this hotel where I'm in now to the car park. That's how far mm-hmm. the hospital was, but they couldn't move me. There was a big there. man and my hit was out. But at this moment, this horrible dread, this darkness kind of came back over me. And it was like, no, this darkness that I kind of just got, mm-hmm. I was like, I can't be, I just, I just started a career again, which I thought, all right, I've got this. And sadly, it's just, being took out of my hands again, like it's been in my hands, it's been whipped out again. I'm like, I've, you know, oh. I might have to, I might have to stop again. i might not be able to do judo, you know, because it's come out. Uh, uh, three hours later, um, they kind of they turned up, uh, but my coach went to the, this guy because I think he's just been a bit, uh, been a bit, you know, a bit of a, a, bit a bit wasp, of baby, you know, yeah. a bit of a baby, you know. I don't think he's <laughs> that bad. And get, the paramedic was like, let, let me just have a look at him, you know, it might not be anything. Mm. The guy took sort of one look and he goes, yeah, just take his hip. A, oh. And the coach just stood there and he went, Well, why was oh. he shouting then? It's not that bad. <laughs> like... and, the, and the coach, because the coach is the old fashioned sort of coach, like, Oh, uh, yeah, like, good old, that get that up and yeah. get, on with, get it, up and yeah. on with it. It's like, Why is he yeah. screaming and crying then? And he's like, And he went, He went, He just, he just made this typical kind of comment was like, He was making too much of a fuss about it. Mm. and I was like oh thanks mate you know so they popped it back in <laughs>
0: cheers
1: yeah cheers mate three three hours later about one 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 o'clock in the morning so this happened at half nine one o'clock in the morning it got popped back in
0: oh. and again
1: you're just like you're laying in bed going what's going to happen now like, I don't know what's happening
0: yeah
1: a world championship at the time for 2015 was six weeks away you know so I was like wow. I, you know am I even going to make it so there's no, no one even said I could make it. No one everyone was just like, get yourself back. And I yeah. wanted it to be at the World Championships. I wanted to qualify for Rio. And if it didn't go to that World Championships, I wouldn't qualify. That was the end of it. That was the kind oh. of that was what it was. Pressure. So yeah, it was the pressure. So mm. three weeks went by. I got to see a doctor. We got an operation in the in the diary. And I got an operation on a hip. They went in, looked at it, and it wasn't actually that bad. It was just a little bit of a, a tear and a labrum. And yeah, I was like, okay you know, we'll get on with it. Let's
0: get fixed. And I was like,
1: I said to him, I said, I want to go to the world Championships. you know, and he was like, yeah, but your career, we don't know if your career is going to keep going at this rate. Like we want you to kind of just focus on recovery. But I was like, is it possible? Can we do it? If I wanted to go to the world championships in three weeks time, he went, he went, no, but we could try it if you want to try it. And I was like, yeah, I want to try it. Of course. Yeah. And then he was like, are you sure? He was like, it could come out again and it's a risk. And this is this is a specialist going to me. Like, And at the time also the head physio Jason uh, led. he was like, I've never done this before and I've not had anyone done it before. I was like, no, I'm doing it. Trust me, I've got this.
0: I'm going. And, they were like,
1: and then even the PD at the time, my PD, sorry, Nigel Donahue, who is still the PD now, he went,
0: mm. you're not going to do
1: it. Like, And I was like, give me 1%. And they were all like, all right, you got 1%. And if you're not on that, if you're not fit in three weeks, we won't take it. I okay. they, were, they were like they all think it was not gonna happen I was like, okay i'll prove you wrong and then in three weeks i i kind of took the stitches out after three days was it no sorry no. sorry i walked on the crutches for uh you're supposed to be in crutches for three months i took okay. chucked them away after three days you're supposed to have oh, stitches wow. in for two weeks i chucked them out. we got them out after a week okay. um I was doing this intense rehab, which basically meant I was doing rehab 24-7. I was doing a rehab session every twice every day, two times every day, with icing in between. I took the ice machine up to bed, so I was laying in bed with this ice machine on, went to sleep with it on. Um, I was like, I want to go to this world championship. And in three weeks, I managed to walk again, take the stitches out, uh, and mm. start doing judo after 10 days. I what gave like, you that
0: fire in your belly? Was it just to get to? You just wanted to get to? I it just wanted it. to do it. Just, I just, that was it. Yeah.
1: I think I didn't want to slip back into that darkness again. There was that horrible could, darkness, yeah. like it's like constantly chasing me. It's constant. <laughs> it still chases me now. It's still behind like, you, yeah, behind me. And I know, I know, it's behind me. It's ready to bring me back into it. But I just didn't want to go in. So I was really, I was willing to kind of risk that career that I've worked hard for to go to this world championship.
0: Wow. And in
1: a matter of three weeks, we kind of. We managed to walk. We managed to do judo. Like, I remember we one of the first judo sessions back. The glue that they glued together a couple of days before came apart, and I, was, I felt this warm thing dripping down my leg. And oh. I just put this, and it was just the blood. It was just like, okay. So they glued it back up, and I got back on the judo mat. And I was yeah. all right. You know, I felt it was okay. I've got this.
0: You know, yeah. because
1: they, I, it was very painful at the time, but I knew I had to go for that pain to get to that World Championships. So mm-hmm. I managed to get on the plane. <laughs> there was a few jobs because i had to do some, i had to hit these test results mm. which uh actually hit with a little bit of help uh, if that <laughs> makes sense with a little bit yeah. of you know moving around the numbers jiggery poker jiggery poker we call it because <laughs> i wanted yeah. to make it and i wanted you know i was willing to risk this career to go to this world championships because that meant i got to go to the paralympics and i said to my coach, that was the goal all right that was my goal <laughs> Yeah. and I was willing to put my career on the line, my body on the line, be there. And I got on this, I got on the, I got on the plane. Mm-hmm. You know, I was up every hour with the physio, Precky, who still looks after me now. Like he was getting me up, in it. Like I didn't sit, I didn't get any sleep. I was wow. up, moving it, making sure I didn't go stiff. You know, and yeah, I got to Korea. I was up every morning with him. We I think we visited about. Fifteen coffee shops every morning <laughs> because just I had to get, to get up. Stay and awake, stay, just awake. To stay awake. But I had to get yeah. up and get moving. Like I was up mm. every morning at six to get it moving. And then I finally stepped onto the mat in Korea, where about six weeks ago I was laid on the mat with my hip out, and that was a huge success in its own. Um, and yeah. I remember my PD and my coach just was like, "Right, you are not supposed to be here. You have it is, you've got here through your own will and power and determination. Just go out and enjoy yourself." Yeah. and I won my first two fights I was I don't know what happened to me over on that day something just took over me wow and I won my first two fights and it was the first ever semi-final of my world championship this world games world championship in Korea I was like oh mm. my god like and then sadly because I wasn't conditioned in the semi-final I just felt uh, like I just went like this I just I think I overburnt myself out took and I it, just yeah, of, yeah. Oh, and a guy just got over me and I didn't have any energy and oh. I just kind of went, oh, like that and I was like Right, I've lost the semi-final. I'm now in the bronze final. But at the time, I had uh, I had the silver medalist at the time. London silver medalist. I actually watched videos of him get a silver medal. And I was like, I've never... And he, I fought him, I think, once before, and he beat me quite easily. And I was like,
0: Yeah,
1: oh, God. You know, like, all this hard work, and I'm not going to get the medal. But and then, for some reason, that day again, that part of me just got squished quite quickly. Found the world, and I was like, yeah. I, I'm going to win it. Like, I'm going to get a medal. I'm going to get on that you know, that plane to Rio. And I beat him, you know, and I beat the wow. Paralympic Silver Medal at the time. And after that, again, I just burst into tears. Like, you'll realise through, my birth, I just cried so much. Because, you know...
0: The relief, though, the, the, the sheer release, relief yeah, of, the sheer of just... Yeah, the sheer relief of just
1: getting the medal was, mm. was amazing. And even my performance director now, uh, Nigel, who was still there, he was crying, and he doesn't cry like he's a this strong you made you know,
0: him Nigel cry I, I made
1: Nigel cry and I just hugged him and he hugged me and he was just like you did it and I was like I know I did and I was so happy with myself because like three weeks ago I was having everyone going you're not going to do it it's you not can't possible do it. yeah. you know I don't know what you're going to do but it's not it's not even doable you know it's it's a pipe dream and then I was stood there with a, you know, my first ever world games world championship medal
0: wow. and it was just
1: like I still tell that story to this day I tell it to people and they were like that didn't happen. I was like, it did because it
0: must have felt all the kind of sweeter holding that medal because you know it, it wasn't the the usual route, shall we say, to get into that stand. You had to work really hard and dig very deep.
1: It wasn't the usual route, but also <clears throat> I think for me to get to the next level, I had to go through a bit of adversity. Everything in my life, I had to go through some sort of adversity to get yeah. to that medal, and that was one of the, the the hurdles I had to come over to get to the next level. And then after that, I kind of had to go back into rehab. I had to go ahead and do my proper oh, yeah. rehab. <laughs> yes. And then go back to square one, which <laughs> which I had to go, right. And they, they, I got back off the plane and they were just like, right, well done, back into rehab. And it was me, and I was going right back to basics. And I was like, I can walk in it. He was like, yeah, but it's so unstable, you shouldn't have even gone to Korea. I was
0: like,
1: "Yeah." ah. And he was like, yeah. We And they still don't know how it didn't come out. Like, I, I don't think I know. I think it was just the sheer will of my hip staying in. And my mind just going, you're not coming out. I think it stayed Focus. in. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, came back and then that year carried on. I did one more competition after that. Was Europeans took my first European medal, and then we had a few. Com- that meant I was qualified for Rio, and that was like the biggest, biggest ever um, kind of relief in my life that I qualified for Rio. <music> had the perfect run into Rio. I uh, had a few competitions. Didn't get injured. I was like fantastic. Got a, got medals. At this event, I was like, right, I'm, you know, one of the, one of the, one of the favourites for, for Rio. Going to Rio, um, felt really fit, felt really strong. Uh, I got the Brazilian. So it was in Rio, and my first fight was, in, uh, it was a Brazilian in Rio, in his okay. hometown. You know, so of course people, it was. <laughs> well, of course it was. Yeah, people yeah. paid for your blood. And then, you know, I was like, oh my god, I've, I've worked really hard for this moment, and I'm in Rio. First, Paralympics and I froze, and I admit this now. I froze at the Paralympics.
0: The fear, yeah, Bless the fear. You.
1: It's my fear, oh. you know. I'm a young, I'm maybe 22 at the time. And I just froze, and I just was like, <gasps> like
0: What am what I, I doing? We do?
1: yeah. yeah, and then, like, yeah, and then I froze badly. And um, mm. yeah, I, I lost to the guy, I lost to this Brazilian, he was absolutely phenomenal. And I, I beat him up to that point. Uh, this, but this guy is like pound and pit legend like he's multiple (laughs) power pit medalist gold medalist you know like you know he is phenomenal like he's a phenomenal man and I just because I've been beating him I thought I can beat you but that guy on that day was just phenomenal like he beat everyone you know that Brazilian crowd gave him the like a a different sort of strength. I can never tell you that like he was so strong and that day for me I froze you know in the in the spotlight you know and yeah, I lost that, and then but then I had to fight my way back through. So I had to beat uh, beat this German man, uh, German guy, beat him. Uh, I beat this uh, Turkish fighter, beat him, and I got into the uh, bronze medal fight for for the Paralympic Games. So I was like, right, I've got this Cuban,
0: just, yeah, you know, got I've
1: never fought him. He's never fought me. He's very strong, and sadly, I lost, and and it broke my heart a bit because I was like, you know, everything I went through it's all kind of falling apart in my hands. You know? I've worked so hard to get to this point and it's just gone like that. And again, I cried. I absolutely cried. I've, you know, You'll know, you learn about me, I just cry. When I'm in that situation... It's I'm, good to let it out, though. Yeah. It's nice
0: to hear Blake say it that, is. Chris, actually. I mean, it's really nice.
1: I, I wear an emotion on my sleeve and I just mm. cried. And um, yeah, I, I did this interview with Channel 4 <laughs> and in media training, they always tell you uh, don't don't cry, be kind of. Even if you've you know lost, try and kind of keep your composure. I did. not I kind of cried, and I, I don't. It meant I don't so know much to you. Didn't
0: it? it obviously meant so much to you. you I know? just
1: gloved, and I was like, yeah. blah, 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 blah. and, it, and <laughs> you walked it back. It was just like a media nightmare. Like I just <laughs> right. No, he was like a how not to do it. Our agent on the phone yeah. yeah. saying, Chris, yeah, yeah. "No,
0: absolutely not. Yeah,
1: just, please <laughs> yeah. stop. Get off the thing." Like, but I just. I showed my emotion. like I showed what it meant to me. It's you know, true like,
0: and real though, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. It is. There was this
1: moment where I just wanted to hug my mum and I climbed, I don't know how I got the energy, but I climbed this kind of scale, this kind of, uh, this thing just to hug my mum. I just want my mum's hug. Did she know?
0: come did she come with you all the time, your mum? She came over, at her yeah. my dad.
1: And uh, yeah, and then I just climbed this Went, thing, I shouted at my mum, I gave my mum a hug, I gave my dad a Aww. hug. Because they, they don't really speak. But for once, they were in the same
0: together, room you, together, yeah. just
1: for me. And it was a Look. special moment. There's a wonderful picture on my phone, which I had from a screensaver for many years, Aww. of me, my mum and my little sister hugging after I've just lost one of my biggest fights of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think in them situations, I think in you 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 just have to get yourself back up. Like I've done in my life, Like I don't want to go back into that darkness. It wasn't no, you're going forward. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I'm going to go forward. So, I had to look at myself in the mirror, I had to pick myself apart. You know, I had to say what is my kind of weaknesses, what are my strengths? Um what do I need to work on? And I had a really honest conversation with my coach who's followed me through the years. They mm. said we think we both agreed that I need to do certain things, so I did. Um I had to work even harder, I had to uh, try different sports. So I tried wrestling. So I got better at grappling. I tried BJJ to get better okay. at my NAWAZA in the groundwork area. So I just okay. tried different sports to make me the whole fighter. You know how USC fighters do all different disciplines?
0: Yes, they do. They I almost do.
1: had to become like a USC fighter, but without the striking, and get better mm. in wrestling, and get better in uh, BJJ, because I think you need to em- embrace some sort of kind of other sports which will help you judo. So I did that. Um, but at the time, I met the love of my life, Louise. Um yes who now I'm married to, and I then also had to deal with something else. I had to deal with being in a a relationship, but also trying to be the best. Mm. And I was very much kind of against that, because I wanted to be solely focused on judo. Mm -hmm. But I think over time, what I've kind of, I talked to my sports psychologist about, and had a chat with Louise, is that sometimes you do need that kind of distraction that helps you perform. So obviously you're yeah. focused on it, but you need someone there behind you who is truly there for you, but also can just go, "What are you doing? Like, why are you doing that?" And like, will just challenge you on everything and make I you guess, a better person. You are. And that's I guess what she it gives does. you
0: an, it gives you another why as well, doesn't it? Everyone yeah. needs a why, and yeah. now you've got Louise to. Um, yeah. And I know you don't need to prove yourself to her because obviously she uh, supports you. But yeah. but I mean, it's just a nice kind of pat on the back from someone else, isn't it?
1: Yeah, exactly. That's not
0: and, a coach, or you know, yeah. And she just,
1: mates. she loves me for who I am. And
0: yeah.
1: I also helped that she was a very, very incredible athlete herself. She was like, you know, played at Wimbledon twice, you know, understands what it has to take to be a world-class athlete. She knows, yeah. she understands that. But also, she just helped me to understand that, you know, you can live a life, but also live this wonderful life that we live in sport. Like, you can mm. have two lives, you know. And she yeah, got me of course, to see you can that.
0: put one down, can't you? Exactly, and like, mm.
1: Exactly. And I think since then... Since meeting her, she kind of helped me, again, go to that next level, helped me flourish, Um, not just as a judo person, but as a person outside of judo. As a
0: know. person, a whole person, yeah.
1: Yeah, as a whole person, because you don't want to just be one thing. You want to be everything. You want to be try to be a whole-rounded person. As I say, you know, I started to be kind of, started to perform. Uh 2017, I won my first European, game, uh, European Championships Mm. Uh, I kept getting world medals in 2018 and European med- Championship medals in uh, 2019. Yeah, you've
0: a, a big cabinet yeah, now because you've got a well, lot of medals. I've, you've racked up a lot of medals like uh,
1: Yeah, I don't know where they are, if I'm honest with you. I stuck them in a cupboard. <laughs>
0: don't say that. <laughs>
1: no, yeah. well, I had this terrible thought once. I was like, where are the worst... medals? And um, they're so, they are somewhere. I have to. They put, I just <laughs> They've got to be there. somewhere. They've got to be somewhere. They're in either Hull, Walsall, or Swindon. Um, mm. So, But I just don't really... When I got the medal, I just put them away. You know, like I just mm. put them in a drawer. I, I forget about them. Um, the next one. Go on to the next competitions. But 2019, uh, as I say, I, I won... I got a European Championship medal. I yeah. got another World, world Championship medal. Mm. And that then trusted me into becoming uh, world number one. Yeah. And, and that was a real special moment. Because I was like, I've got into a sport which I never even thought of being an athlete i didn't want to be an athlete um i had no aspirations of being an athlete and for me to become world Amazing. number one
0: yeah. was
1: absolutely mega special um and yeah and i was just like all right but the work's not done yet so because 2020's coming around and i want to be world the olympics one on in, again
0: yeah.
1: yeah i want to be one number one going into um into Tokyo, okay. obviously. Twenty nineteen carried on, and I still stayed in the world number one. Twenty twenty started, and I actually had a good run in twenty twenty. And obviously, then COVID happened. <laughs> I was just like,
0: yes, I was going to say it's right in the back again. Something else just kind of puts that spanner yeah, in your works. Yeah, yeah, and,
1: and and again, just like oh, okay. <laughs> but for me, it wasn't like COVID happened. I actually, I I moved in with my. My wife, we got a house together. Just mm-hmm. well, she got a house just before COVID, uh, in twenty. Well, just a year before, and it kind of, we were kind of looking to move in together. And we, we kind of got the house together in twenty nineteen, and then twenty twenty happened, and then like I had somewhere to go back to, and we lived together. Mm. Like, you know, I'll, I'll be honest, I've never lived lived with a. You know, I've lived with women, but like mm. not someone you love. You know, obviously this is a mum but like yeah. it's a different sort of living with a woman. Like she's a partner. You know, like yeah. And we had this, we had about an amazing time together over lockdown, like, oh. like, we almost had our own little bubble of, like, just, we trained together every day because we were trying to get ready for Tokyo,
0: Yeah, we were,
1: like, ready to kind of, you know, just see what it is, and we, we, and we had the best time together, because um, I knew I wanted to get married to her, um, but oh. I just, you know, p- to be able to live with each other and understand that we, we can, you know, it's not about just being married, it's about, you Know living together and cohabiting, yeah, and I knew, absolutely. yeah, I know we could we could do that. Um, so yeah, so uh, 2020 happened, sorry, uh, lockdown happened, I had the best mm. lockdown, but then halfway through lockdown, they were like, The games are delayed. And I was just like, Why? Why? No. Why? Because you, you, as athletes, you live in these four year cycles, and you're um, built up for that,
0: aren't you? Because exactly. it's like you're at your peak at that fourth year, yeah.
1: And but we got you know, I was upset and I did cry a bit again. But, again <laughs> common know, theme throughout common a little theme, bit. <laughs> common theme. But, I kind of, um, I realised that, you know, there's so much else happening in the world and there's like, mm-hmm. you know, all these people going losing their loved ones, all these yeah. people are like, like exactly. for once, sport wasn't important. It was just trying to make sure we support our family who are going through tough times, making sure we mm-hmm. support people, other people going through tough times. Like, for once the human race came together and just supported each other. Yeah.
0: Know, because absolutely. it was
1: this time we weren't fighting each other, we were fighting a horrible disease, which was COVID. Yeah. And for once, like we we positively reframed it. We were kind of we had a team meeting a VR pound of the I Panopic team. Um and we we're just like, listen, we've been given this year let's get a year to get better. Yeah. You know? And we use yeah. that as a kind of a year to get better, a year to kind of smooth things out, get them like little kind of niggly shoulders, niggly knees, get, kind it, of get, it, get yeah. it all sorted. So when when this lockdown happens and finishes, you're kind of in the best shape to hit the road running again. Yeah. And after the first lockdown, athletes were able to go back, professional athletes were able to go back and train. That's so right, yeah. luckily, I was in that bracket, I was able to go back after the first lockdown. But again, you're going like, do I go back and train and risk COVID back to my loved ones?
0: To, and that yeah. then again,
1: like you're getting fighting that kind of horrible kind of, do I do it? Do I do it? And we had these really tough conversations where Louise didn't want me to go back, but I knew I had to. Because mm. I had to get back on the on the on the on the bike quick to get, you know, ready for Tokyo. Because, yeah. you know, you wanted to be in the best shape possible. And you did, if you uh-huh. like Judo's not one of them sports where you can hang off and like have a lot of time off because you your body goes soft, you have to then become robust again, then you kind of mm. suffer little injuries because your body's not robust enough. Gotta
0: do then, it all the time
1: she kind of was because she's amazing she's amazing and understands She was like okay you have to go back but i'm not happy with it i was like okay we made we made a kind of decision that i took covid tests before i came home and everything like that Mm. to make sure i'm not bringing anything back (laughs)
0: um
1: and tried to make it safe as possible and we did and you know 2020 happened 2021 kind of came around but you're still going is it going to happen you know, because even then it wasn't going to, they, they were like.
0: Anticipation yeah, of just, yeah. yeah. What's, is
1: it going to be cancelled? You know, mm. and you've so hard for this. Like, yeah, it's
0: 2021
1: even going to go ahead. And, um yeah. And then we had two competitions before Tokyo where I competed for the first time in about a year and a half. And I was very rusty. I wasn't Ooh. on it. I, I still Ooh. got, I was in and around the medals, and I got medals, but I was like, God, am I good enough? And, This one specific one, which was in Warwick, I was absolutely awful, I'm not going (laughs) to swear. (laughs) And basically, we got absolutely telling off by our performance director Nigel, and he said, it's not good enough. You know, you're not going to, if we perform like this, you're not going to get medals and everything like that. And he just gave us an absolute rollicking. And at the time I was fuming because I was like, we've just come off the back of COVID and we've not had these competitions every year. And I was just fuming at him. And again, I think it was that sort of fire that ignited. In Get it us. back in
0: your belly. Yeah.
1: And I was like, right, right, I want to prove you wrong. And then, as I say, I had this hard decision there because, as you see, people were catching COVID and missing stuff. They were missing yeah. games, they were missing Wimbledon. And I just got to the stage where my anxiety was so high because I didn't want to catch COVID. Um, yeah, the fear. So that, yeah. I had a conversation with Louise and I just, I did my own little bubble. I just, I can't do this anymore. On your own, yeah. And I, I was just like, because I, I have to live in Warsaw in a week because I have to go be at the National Training Centre to get funding. Mm. So I was like, right, I'm going to sit at a house in Warsaw where I lived with with the other panoramic athletes. Um, and I was just like, I'm just going to hibernate there. I'm going to isolate myself. I love you, but I have to do this. And she was like, yeah. I understand. Because she was getting annoyed because I was just so hyperventilating. I was, all the time I was like, back and forth, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I was just washing my hands. I was like, I can't go near that person, I don't want to go near that person. And I just for about seven weeks, I just put myself in this little bubble and just focused on one thing, which removed was the, yourself from the yeah, situation. And how lovely situation. that she
0: understood that and she that understood allowed it. you that time. She l- yeah.
1: Exactly. She understood it. She let me do it. And um yeah, it was it was tough because I missed a lot of friends' weddings, I missed a lot of kind of parties and time together, I missed really quality time with my nephew who was Mm. born that year uh and but i had to do it and tokyo came around um managed to avoid covid he constantly testing. i had so much things shoved up my nose
0: it was (laughs) ridiculous
1: um and then yeah tokyo came around but it was a bit weird because there was no fans there there was no family like you were literally just reviewing your little camera yeah Yeah. i don't know weird so yeah it was um very weird moment but, again, I think I, I maybe preferred it like that because I just had to focus on me and me only. That you know pressure
0: I mean? wasn't around. Yeah, 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 That's quite good, yeah.
1: And, obviously, um, I came in world number one, but there was this other guy, uh, a Georgian guy, who is a phenomenal fighter, and I still haven't beaten to this day. Like, I don't... He's another level. Um, and I was like, I need to beat him. But that day, I really wanted to beat him. But he got COVID, and he... Because he got COVID, he then got quite drunk because he just thought his games was over and he got quite drunk and then he beat up someone <laughs> and he got chucked out the games. Oh, so dear. I was like, I was really upset because I wanted to fight him. Because I believed that I could beat him. On
0: you that wanted day. the win, yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah, I believe I could beat him on that day and I believe that version of myself could have beaten him. But sadly, that wasn't meant to be. So then that meant all the pressure then came on to me. So then I was like the really big kind of like odds on favourite to win it. Yeah. And then again, that's more pressure, kind of. Put on me, and I had to kind of deal with. But again, as I've done in my life, I just kind of step up to that moment. Okay. Um, and yeah, I won my first fight uh, against a really tough uh, Uzbekistan fighter, and then mm. I beat uh, the another German fighter who's very good himself. Mm. And then that meant I was in the final of the Paralympic Games, and I was like, <gasps> "That is actually oh. the most amazing moment of my life. <laughs> this is like, it. This yeah. is it." Like twelve years ago. Uh, 11 years ago I wasn't even meant to be kind of here like I was just trying to be a mechanic and now like (laughs) I'm like stood on the the biggest stage that could be for Paralympic sport for disability sport
0: Mm -hmm.
1: and I could be going and making history you know what I mean like there's not been a gold medal in 25 years in judo, and I was like can I break that and like the one thing you constantly then go in your head is don't fuck it up excuse me, just don't Don't
0: mess this up don't mess
1: this up don't mess this up (laughs) And it was, it was against this American guy who has beaten me before, but only once. You know, and I, since that one defeat, I've beaten him every time. But then there's that kind of fear of oh, going... Oh, that
0: nervous, nervous yeah, for that you. Yeah, like,
1: <laughs> he can beat me. And it was like... And he was typical American in the warm-up area, being very loud, being very kind of thingy. And when American. I kind of... Just American. I, you know, I love the Americans, but they are very kind of loud and want to kind of impose themselves on their And that's fine. But that's not me. So I just... Put myself away. I did zen. my kind of... I always sleep, yeah. I go into like a little zen, have a little sleep. Mm. Put myself away. Uh, was with my physio. <laughs> and the physio was like, please beat that because If he wins it, I can't deal with it. Like, please. <laughs> i like, okay, i got it. And then, yeah. Um, yeah, and then the powerlifting final came around and I think something took over me where I just knew I wasn't going to lose. Like, I knew I had that in me to beat him. Um, and to beat him convincingly and I did and I you know, I threw him and then like I've been throwing all day and I've been having some really good improvements in my judo. But then I got over I threw him and I scored in him and I had about three and a half minutes to kind of keep the score. And it's like you practice it in 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 the in the longest
0: in, three in and training. a half minutes. Yeah.
1: But that was the longest three and a half minutes of my life. <laughs> and all inside, you're just going, don't forget it up, don't forget it up, don't forget it up, just keep him at bay, keep him at bay. Because he's a wrestler. If he wants to be in close. He wants okay. to try and get me over he's wrestling. I was just like, don't forget up, don't forget up. And in the last four seconds, I, tried, I don't know what happened. I tried something. And I just was like, I got in there and I was like, what are you doing? And I just, you see me just fall flat to my face because I was just bailed immediately. Oh. And I was just like, I've, I you look over because you just, you kind of, because I can't hear, but I'm trying to see what the referee's doing. Yeah, and then, has he scored on me? Has he scored on me? Has he not? And luckily he didn't. But and I had about four oh. seconds, and it just went like that. And yeah, yeah. And then after them four seconds, this euphoria comes over you, and then this kind yeah. of the cherry you're a on winner. top. That, yeah, yeah. You're a winner. Yeah, kind of You've and it's won.
0: Like,
1: wow. Yeah. And then the rest is history. And like the rest is just like, oh my word. Like the crying so, happened a lot. So,
0: where was your mum? I want to know where your mum was.
1: She was at home. She could oh. be. She could be. Uh, she was at home. So and then it was really nice because Louise is commentating for Channel Four because uh, she suddenly she had to retire uh, because she just wasn't you know she she, mm. she was coming towards the end of her career, amazing career, and she yeah. just wanted to kind of see what the next chapter holds for her. And then there was me trying to still trying to qualify and get ready. The
0: G- you know? Yeah. Catch and the-
1: and yeah, so it was the most special moment. I cried a lot, I FaceTimed Louise, I called my mum, I did an interview, uh, I cried again, and I asked for <laughs> pot pies, and then after <laughs> that I got port pies, and then...
0: Give me a pot pie. You
1: kind of whole New Next Life opens up, you know, like, you never, like, I didn't want to be an athlete, I didn't want to be in sport, like, I wanted just to do judo and rugby for fun, No. Like,
0: Yeah, just as a hobby and a fitness thing. And just,
1: and it by accident, I was, this happened. And it was a What an absolutely
0: tremendous accident. accident. Yeah. Yeah. And
1: then, you know, and then this thing goes, what do you do next? And then. What now? What now? And then this, again, this other side of me goes, I want to go and try and do it again. So I'm now in the depths of qualification for Paris. um, Yeah. However,. And like my career always is, there's always challenges in my career. But they've got rid of my weight category. So I used to be under 100 kilos.
0: Okay.
1: <laughs> and then um, what they've done, they've kind of separated the, the, the two categories. You've got J1 and J2. J1's fully blind right. people, J2 for visually impaired people. And then right. uh, I'm in the J2 category for visually impaired people.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: And then, but the, since that, like, they have to shot categories down. So they've done like under 60s, uh, under 73s under 90 kilos, and then plus 90 kilos, so the he- super heavy weight. And I had an option of, do I go Where'd down Where'd you go, yeah, yeah, down
0: to 90 or up to 100 and plus?
1: So I went plus 90 kilos because I, was like, I can't, I'm quite a big guy, and mm. for me to lose, to get down to the 90 kilos, I have to really cut hard. And yeah. so on a regular basis, it's not safe, and it's not kind of, I don't want to do that in, towards this kind of... Hard, uh, isn't it? Yeah,
0: just keep it that as well. Yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah. So I, for now, I just have to put the weight on, which I really love um so yeah so yeah so now I'm kind of on on the path to qualification but it's become a little bit harder because I have to put weight on you know and mm. I have to fight bigger men but you know as anything in my career I want to go and try and beat so that's challenges. what we're
0: watching we're watching out for you to be uh at Paris is that the next step
1: that is the next step yeah that's what I want to do just try try to prove to myself that I can go and do it again you know yeah. as anyone you want to go and try and prove yourself and to your to your loved ones that like you can do this you know and even if yeah. it doesn't happen you know you know but you've got to I've, try and that's you've what you set try out isn't it yeah you know and the one thing is i'm always a fighter and always will be and i won't mm. lie down and take it i will get up and fight and figure a way out to do it and that's that's how i've been and always will be
0: well listen you've you've, you've given me goosebumps the whole way through this just just the amount of guts and determination you've got, but I can't let you go until we talk about uh another achievement that we've not touched on, which is the MBE.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah.
0: You just you just no. you just forgot all about just you've got about an that. MBE, yeah. Chris. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. yeah.
0: yeah. So <laughs> talk to us about when that happened and how it felt. Uh so yeah, so
1: that was quite real though. So, um I uh was that the Christmas of twenty twenty one Mm-hmm. The year the you get told about two months before you you get announced, and and one more, one day I've kind of I've been training and I, I don't know where I was. I was doing something else that day, and I got a call off guy who kind of like runs a reception at British Shido. Mm-hmm. he was like, "Oh, please come to you've got a letter that looks very official," and I was like okay all right all
0: right.
1: what have i done <laughs> like, is it like, a parking ticket yeah is it like have i have i not paid any taxes or have i not <laughs> done anything? what have i done so obviously um i've gone to british studio he's opened a letter and I'm like, I, I can't read it so you read it for me and he just started screaming and i was like why the f- are you screaming at my letter yeah. and they're like like what have you read and he went uh he's been given an MBE, and i just was like what <laughs> like because like, you you never dream of an MB, you never dream of anything like that. No, like, it's just again, something
0: that just, yeah. Again,
1: it, you know, it was an accident that I even got into this, you know, mm. and yeah, and then just to be what an MB was so weird. I felt a little bit of an uh, imposter syndrome. Because it's oh. like, like, you go, all these, when I think of an MB, you think of like people who've done something like a soldier, a policeman, a fireman, people who serve served the country. And there's me just doing something I love doing. And only because it was the kind of only thing left in my life that I had, that I did it. Like, it was for a selfish reason I did it. But given an MBA, I was like, do I deserve that? And I went through this stage of, yeah. do I deserve it, do I not? Oh. Um And, yeah, he was just...
0: I think you've, yeah. you know you, you you're being hard on yourself. You absolutely deserve it. You know you've you've come through uh, yeah. all of this kind of adversity. You've you've stepped up yeah. to the plate. You've been world yeah. number one, and I would imagine that you've paved the way for lots of young um, yeah. people in your shoes to say, you know, you can do it, even with yeah. um, you know, even with some issues along the way. You can, and you yeah. have.
1: And it was, yeah, it was. And my wife got me. Th- Said the similar thing and she's just mm-hmm. like you'd cost Absolutely. It. and then yeah, yeah. Went, went to Windsor Castle last year around wow. this time J- July 12th and it was my special moment because you just you know you never think of being there and I was because the MBs go so you've got like your CBEs first and then your mm-hmm. then you OBEs and then your MBs. and I was one of the last one of the MBs to go through so I got hours spent in Windsor Castle just walking around so you could walk around and have a look at all the amazing things, which is really cool. And wow, obviously, yeah. I went in front of, you go front, and you meet Prince Prince Charles at the time, now King. You know, King and you Charles bow your Charles, yeah. Mm. And I just started to, you, you stood in front of him, and, and I took a little gulp. What the like, hell? Like, <laughs> and like, I nearly started crying again. I was like, no, control yourself, <laughs> Bow your head, right, because you have to bow your head, and everything like that. And it was just like, it's yeah. a special moment. Like, oh. I say, I never thought I'd be in front of King Charles, you know, and everything like that. And... Yeah.
0: Incredible. It was a very Incredible. special
1: moment. Very special moment.
0: Listen, everything you've said has been special. Like say I've got goosebumps and I'm not going to cry. I'm not going to do it. <laughs> um I'm going to hold off, but listen, thank you so much for giving us uh you know th- this uh hour of your time. It's been an absolute pleasure and we will all be rooting for you in Paris um and cheering you on.
1: Thank you very much and apologies if I've waffled on. <laughs> no, listen. It's been, it's been
0: it's inc- been it's been incredible. What a story! It's been it's been amazing. Um, I'll I'll be waiting for the book. Uh, there's there's yeah. a book in there. There's definitely worry, a book yeah, in I mean,
1: there. Maybe well, there Fiona, Fiona, Fiona. Fiona, should I get me to do one? But I'm I'm yeah. resisting. My wife's yeah. doing one at the moment. Like,
0: yeah, well, you
1: could do one after. Like, mm. yeah.
0: maybe not. Yeah, I I think there's a book in there. It's an incredible story. Let's enjoy the rest of your day, Chris. thank you thank so you. much. Thank you no. so so
1: much. Thank you for having me. Take care. Take care.
0: What a lovely way to spend an hour. Chris was magnificent and gave me goosebumps the whole way through. Thank you, thank you, Chris, for spending an hour with me and taking up the time to tell us your story. It was truly inspiring. If you want to listen to other episodes of this podcast, please pop on to Spotify, Apple Podcasts or Google Play Store where you will find us or visit accidentalcareers.co.uk.